Welcome into 11 Personnel, presented by Monticello Bank. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. It's February 23rd, and we've got a surprising amount of football topics to discuss today. Not like it's just it was it was a newsy week, Mr. Luckett. Yeah, I think February in general is probably the slowest month college football now, even with the late signing period. It's just real quiet. The portal's done. Spring ball hasn't started yet. So this is like have meetings type of season like we've seen in Dallas this week with the committee, college football playoff committee. Um, and then other you start to hear other rule changes, um, no more cookie cakes, uh, things of that nature um, start to be passed or leaked out. And so an interesting time. But, yeah, I mean, with Kentucky, uh, some other, you know, the late coordinator change and then some coaching carousel changes made some targets available. And so they're having um, a busy time um, as we all await um, spring practice to start here in the bluegrass. Which we have a, an idea of when all of that's going down. That kind of got leaked out this week. Um, but it really, we started with a, a big surprise when Jaden Smith, the four-star linebacker from Charlotte, announced he has committed to Kentucky. And like it, I know we we say that roster building 365 day a year job, but that really that really is the case this year because the coaching carousel was a little bit later. Kentucky was the runner up in Jaden Smith's recruitment to Michigan. Michigan fires Jim or not fires Jim Harbaugh, but Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL and Jaden Smith's like, eh, I don't know if I want to do all this. Um, why don't you give me back my NLI and I'll go somewhere else. And Kentucky stumbled onto a quality player, quality player to, uh, to get to really fortify this defensive class is one of the better defensive classes we've seen in the Mark Stoops era. Oh, you muted yourself like it. Yep. Forgot to hit I think you look at Jaden Smith's recruitment. Sorry about that. Chris Partridge was his kind of position, no recruiter there. Chris Partridge was the Ole Miss defense coordinator in 2022. He goes Michigan. He's kind of the one that got – that was the uh, sacrificial lamb for the um, Connor Stallions thing. He was the only one they fired out of that situation. And so he's gone, but he still decides to commit to Michigan, but they lose Mike McDonald, defensive court, or excuse me, not Mike McDonald. Jesse Minner, defensive coordinator, follows Jim Harbaugh. So I think he lost his position coach during the season, lost his defensive coordinator. So I think he decided to take a step back and reassess his situation. And it ends up with him landing at Kentucky. Um, again, Nick, I think you pointed out Kentucky was a runner-up, but Kentucky identified him pretty early in the process when he was an – like this time last year he was an unranked recruit that no one really knew a lot about. And so he has his big senior season, blows up, ends up being a four-star prospect. I mean, I think you kind of look at his tape. He fits the mold of the undersized Will linebackers that have had a lot of success at Kentucky, Jordan Jones, DeAndre Square. And I think he kind of fits that. Uh, and he – it's a linebacker-heavy class, but I think all of those guys bring a level of athletic juice to the position that maybe they necessarily haven't always had or looked for. Uh, Seems like they're trying to get faster, more athletic on defense. All of those guys bring that. And I think all of them, for the most part, like you watch their tape, they 
bring value as pass rushers. I mean, a lot of these guys are playing edge in high school, Stephen Souls, Antoine Smith, um, even Devin Smith to a certain extent. I mean, Kentucky's going to try to convert them inside the box to play off-ball linebacker. So I think Kentucky's – I think they're valuing pass rush here. And I think the guys they signed there uh, will help bring that, and they're value, valuing athleticism too. And so Jaden Smith is just another guy – um, that they're going to have at that position, a position that's going to turn over heavily after this season, Nick. Um, so they're they're spraying the board there at off-ball linebacker and looking yeah. uh, to find some young reinforcements, some young talent to replenish that room. It is very much a spray-in-the-board approach, I think, with this off-ball linebacker recruiting because, I mean, how many of these guys you turn on the tape, they're playing edge, they've got a lot of athleticism, but – not a lot of run stuffing, right? Like there's just a lot yeah. of like the athleticism. Let's see if we can coach him up. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the NFL draft strategy. You've got a linebacker entering the last year of his probably rookie deal, multi-year starter, but you're not sure you want to pay him. So we've got some day three comp picks here. Let's, uh, let's just take a swing on a couple guys. And that's a, kind of the similar thought process, I think here with Kentucky, in three, two or three years, I would say over half of these guys will probably not be on the roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least a couple. But you and just so, need to hit on one or two. You just need to hit on two, right? Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah, you're you're taking on, uh, uh, your swings at the plate after you've kind of missed on this because, like, the last couple of years, you've for whatever reason um, the guys aren't there or you've moved on from players. Um, so you're you're going back and you're trying to trying to address all those misses with a heavy. I think high school signing class. And it, and I think it alleviates what could have been a position next year in the portal where you probably have to get two guys. I think now if you hit on one of one of these young guys already stepping the big role next year, now you possibly only need to get one transfer instead of two. The the funny thing too, when you put on tape with all of these, there's not a whole lot of, that separates them, but I will say, at least in Jaden Smith's case the dude has as many special teams highlights as he does defensive, right? Like I think he blocked four kicks last year, yeah. which is just, that's okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Um, he, he's making plays in the open field on kickoff. So um, there's a, there's a lot to like there if they get coached up in the right way. I also just appreciate the Kentucky's cornered the market on Smith's uh, five Smith's on all who play defense and all who play the same position, give or take. Right, and then, <laughs> like yeah, front. They're in the front seven, right? They're not down right. in the trenches. Uh, which uh, you know, it's weird. It's an anomaly, um, but you know, uh, fun little coincidence there. They got a quality athlete who I think can be something, and I, I don't think it moved up Kentucky in the recruiting rankings. Maybe one spot. I hadn't checked uh, the update. You know, it takes a little while on those, but that's eight. I think seven four stars just on defense. Seven, yes. That's a that's a, that's a damn good defensive haul. So Kentucky's doing the right thing on that side of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about state of the program uh, probably more as this off season moves on. To me, like talent accumulation is not even. I don't even think if you were gonna put a worry list together, I wouldn't put that on there. I think recruiting wise, there's been some frustration yeah. the last two years, but they just. They figured it out, and then they're recruiting like yep. they should recruit to me. Like ex, they're meeting expectations on the recruiting trail. Uh, to me, I, I don't know how much more you can ask 
of them. Obviously, you want them to keep elevating that ceiling, but they're they're meeting reasonable expectations, I think, consistently on the recruiting trail, even with um, some of their slow starts. And then I think, you know, Nick, why aren't there as many transfers on defense? I think they're recruiting well on that side of the football. I think right. offense, you know, with all the coaching turnover and change, there's always – obviously there's holes to fill. But I think defensively the reason you're not seeing maybe a ton of transfers because they don't really need them. There's coaching snap continuity on that side of the ball, um, and they're they're developing their talent, and they're, they've got some good roster retention over there. And so just keep doing it. They're recruiting like a legitimate – top half SEC team on defense. There's no denying that. Yeah. The 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 roster is not the problem. You 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 see plenty of quality pieces there. It's the other stuff Kentucky's got to get in order. Um which we can get into at a later date because there was some other roster movement, but in the opposite direction, uh, when we learned that three Kentucky Wildcats no longer with the team. One of them, Jacques Keys, I don't think you can be that surprised because he was a, a gray shirt who committed to play linebacker at Wake Forest, transfers to Kentucky before the start of the season to play running back. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, you, yeah, okay. It didn't work. Fine. The other two are former four-star talents on the offensive line. Tanner Bowles from Glasgow, who began his career at Alabama, transferred last season and was second uh, on the depth chart at center through its entirety last year. And, and then Nick Hall, who is a, Promising prospect, son of former UK great Antonio Hall, who it's funny, like it when you do the I think 24-7 has like an all-time recruits ranking for each school. Yeah. And for the longest time, Antonio Hall was the number one guy, right? He was a huge win uh out of Kent McKinley, where now he's actually the AD, uh AD and football coach, I want to say too. That's a that's a big time program up there. Um, but Kentucky gets Nick Hall, he's an all-American and it just sucks because he he has a career-ending injury, and that's that just it's like what what can you do, man? And uh, I, it sucks. Like I I wish there was more to say other than it sucks because he's a guy that if all was going according to plan, you might be talking into playing this year at offensive tackle for the Cats. Right? Do you need to go to the transfer portal to get another right tackle if Nick Hall is available? And he's the player yeah. that you projected in the B. I think that's everything to wonder. I, to start with Nick Hall. Nick, you go back to that 2022 recruiting class. Felt great about the offensive line. Like that felt like an awesome offensive line haul. Everybody felt good about that. I think it was yeah. one of the it, top five in the country. And, yeah. you know, a lot of these recruiting sites puts out inside the building and outside the building. And you just have like, you know, you've got three misses over there, and a lot of them were tough breaks, right? Keontae Goodwin. You got the, not even. It's not. It's not on a like. It's not on a roster anywhere right now. Yeah. You know, he had family situation. Okay, Grant Bingham, who at a time in his recruitment looked like Notre Dame was going to beat out Kentucky. And yeah. We all know the Notre Dame reputation they have for offensive linemen. Um, they got another one that's going to be a top ten pick in this draft, Joe Alt. Uh, he, he, it was a Kentucky Notre Dame decision. He just did never factored here. Um, and last Is time he, I checked, it's not been published where he's going to transfer to. Yeah. And so he might be out of football. He, 
is he done playing football? So you've got maybe two, you've got three guys there potentially that are just done with football. Well, Nick Hall with injury, and then Keontae had the family situation, and then we don't know what's going on with Bingham. I mean, that is just um, yeah. buzzard's luck, really. Uh, and then you go, why is offensive line a problem? Like All your problems date back to recruiting usually in college football, and that's the issue is they just – they've had some bad, I think, luck on, on, on even like what was considered a great class and a great haul. Deontay Goodwin and Nick Hall were both in the All-American game. Like, they were seen as some of the better yeah. tackle prospects in that class, uh, and they're gone. And they might be done with football uh, after a couple of seasons. So that's just a tough, tough break, I think, when you when you look back at that. It really is. Yeah, and, and Nick Hall, too, was one of those guys that was kind of a late bloomer, right? Had a great frame and was starting to fill in, become more polished. So it it sucks. It's, it's unfortunate. And – in Bowles' case, I don't like. We expected him back. He didn't go through senior day, but I don't think he expected Eric Wolford to be again. And that is my connect the dots, big brain conspiracy. Is he's just like, ooh, do I want to do that again and just be a backup for a year? Eh, I'm, I'll just, I'm good. See ya. I think that's what we got. Yeah, here. I believe when he committed, like the. The plan was for him to play two years, and I believe that's why he didn't go through senior day because I think at the time he wasn't even considering not playing 2024. But, you know, things happen, and he's decided to hang it up, and he's after five years football, college football, he's done. So, one, that I think that opens up a scholarship, Nick, and when you look at Kentucky, they are going to have to do some – some trimming to the scholarship numbers. Uh, they're over 85 right now. So that, I think that helps with the, like the decision, right? If he just wants to mm -hmm. step away. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think you bring up the, you know, some things changed and the guy he came here to play for got fired late in the process. So he might've just been like, Hey, I'm done. Uh, here we go. Let's yep. start whatever's next in his, in his life. And so, I, yeah, I think, you know, the plan, I think the plan was definitely for him to stay for two years, but he's decided to move on. But I think they needed some attrition in that offensive line room. So I think that helps in that regard. Yeah. And, you know, you can't blame a guy who's 23 years old, spent five years in college football for being like, you know what? I've had enough. I'm ready to move on in life, ready to get a job, buy a house, buy a car. And you know who can help with that, like it? I think I know someone who can help with that. Uh, our friends at Monticello Bank, they've been in business for 128 years because they're putting people first. It's where people matter. They've got uh, 21 branches in 14 counties across the Commonwealth. And they bank wherever the Wildcats go, whether you visit them online at NBCBank.com or download the Go NBC mobile app. It's local banking with the convenience of a big bank. And the key part about local banking, too, they got the best rates. They have the most competitive. They're putting the rates on your side. So next time you're considering making a big move, check out the rates at Monticello Bank, where people matter. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Look at, you mentioned that February is a time to do some potential big changes. And this week, they're, they're throwing a lot against the wall and seeing what sticks. 
Last night we had the guy. Of course, they've got a subcommittee on national letters of intent, which is just a hilarious title to have. And of course, it's <laughs> yes, like the big stock commissioner, right? Like he's the guy who heads it up. But we've talked at length about how crazy this stupid calendar is. And this guy's like, all right, we're actually we're gonna we're gonna potentially do something here. It's not approved as of yet. Where they're talking about moving up signing day. So instead of being what was December 23rd this year, it would be December 4th next year. Mm-hmm. Which look it, I when I initially heard it, I was like, well, that sucks for us. <laughs> I was selfish about it because I was thinking, geez, we you know, we put in a lot of work and damn, they're gonna do this four days after the Louisville game. How the hell are we gonna get all that together? Yeah, I think it's four days they, after the regular season. All they've all that all this is really doing, Nick, is just separating the two so you're not double dipping at the same time. Yeah. Which so, like Kentucky was kind of doing already. If you looked at what they did in the month of December, they got one high school commitment in Cam Dooley that was already in the bag. I think they hosted two or three high school official visits, but they were mostly moving on to the portal. They're basically saying, guys, let's just get high school in the bag as quickly as possible and let's just yeah. let's move on to the portal. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this. Most schools by Thanksgiving have 90% of their class um, locked up. The big question I have is what does it do to in-home visits? Yeah. They don't – I mean, does it eliminate them? Or do they do them in the summer? Uh, do Why do we need in-home visits? Well, so you can eat – Dinner at Texas Roadhouse. But that's I mean, in home vi- visits they are, aren't even really at home. <laughs> in home visits are essentially like the boss taking you out for beers on Friday after work, right? Like, yeah, it's a it's a great gesture, but you know, my kid is playing a playing a game. I'd, I'd rather do that. I don't need to go out and get beers with not every well, Friday or whatever. So, like, yeah, yeah. It's a good gesture. I just don't think we need them, especially like in-home visits were important when Tom Osborne was out there signing 800 fullbacks um, for Nebraska. I don't think we really need those in 2024, especially when you can like they're all they're all all these guys are coming for official visits in the summer. You get to see them then. You have the in-home, or you go to the schools right in March. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe you have the in-home visits when it's. You know when they're hitting the road in January, February. Mm-hmm. Um, so that but, but that's your, that would be my big question. Your your one point though about it, I mean, like that was how Freddie got to UK, right? He went on his official visit, and then Jay Claiborne followed him back to the holler and went and had dinner with his family, and they got a deal done, right? It was back when parents made decisions more so than the kids, right? So. Even though it is uh, traditional, like you, you when you think of recruiting, you think of mom getting the putting together her best meal because the coach is coming in, right? Like it's a big ordeal. That's just not really how things operate anymore. Because most of those in-home visits, you know, Stoops is at a Texas Roadhouse, right? Like they're they're going to hoops, you know. Like this is in home. The in-home visit was already looking much differently, so they might just completely go by the wayside. Period. It might just say, all right, we don't need these anymore. 
And here's a way for us to to save on the recruiting budget a little bit. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. With everything going on in December, I'm just not sure you need those. Now, they've made a cha- – like, the chaos isn't going to stop. It's still going to be a chaotic month. And having your draft the week of your conference championship games is so – I mean, it's just absurdly ridiculous. I mean, it's absurdly ridiculous that you have it this way. But if you're going to jam all this stuff down this tube, at least separate the two. And I think that makes sense. And so you get the you get the high school hay in the barn, the high school recruiting, and then you can focus on, you know, evaluating potential transfers, building a board, and then figuring out what transfers you're going to really go after and try to get on visits and uh, close and down in the next six weeks. Roster retention, you know, that, and that, that too. that's a big part uh, of it as well. And, and that too. So I get it. It at least, I think, kind of creates some divide between the two instead of it all happening together. Um, so from that aspect, I, you know, I give them the old Andy Bernard, good college try. I think you're doing a good, at least you're trying something. Right. But yeah. I don't, I, I still think it's gonna, there's still going to be issues with this. Um, and it's not going to really solve a ton of problems. Um, it just helps. I think some of these coaches get a, a barrier in between things, but like, Dude, how are, if you're playing for a college football playoff bid, like if you're, if you're, I don't know, Liberty, and you've got, if we win this conference championship game, we're going to the playoff. So that should be your whole focus. Instead, you're going to have to, you know, do some event on signing day or those two days. It just, you know, that doesn't make much sense to me, but it is what it is. I I do like it better though than the. Discussing uh, an August signing day because one, you're you're missing out on a, a season of evidence where not only from the high school ranks but also the college ranks. So a coach could either bomb and get fired, and then you got to deal with kids who are scrambling to find. That's a new the other school. thing. The carrot, like the carousel, right? Uh, all, these coaches make moves and they get hired before they that signing day arrives. Does this speed up the carousel? Is that the unintended consequence of this? Yeah. Yeah. Is is it like, you know, we is it You're firing everybody. November, is it November is it November twelfth and the uh I don't know, I'm making something up and the Boise State coach is leaving for Arizona or what you know, like what what does that is that the unintended consequence here? Uh, that's something you have to be careful with, I think. And something to watch on that. But I, the, the the big thing is they had a tent pole event with recruiting. Yeah, the, that Wednesday in February, it was an event fans look forward to. Like it was a huge event. People like me took off work to go home and watch signing day coverage. And they just they have just totally ruined that with the early yeah. signing period. And the coaches saw an opportunity to do something in their advantage which is get the get the class done with so you can move mm-hmm. on but then the transfer portal and nil kind of all messed that up and you've got just this mess of a system so to me i like really the number one goal could be how can we get that february back like we really could use that one it's the carousel's done all of that the portal's mostly done like and it became become a tentpole event i think for college football again but i just don't know 
how you do it. Kids want to enroll early. The volume of early enrollees has just skyrocketed in the last five years. I mean, look at Kentucky's got like 10 guys. They used Mm -hmm. to, Nick, back when they used to have February signing, they used to have one, two, or three guys that would enroll early. Now it's half the class or more. Yeah, now it's just in some some schools have like 60, 70% of their class is getting in there they early. So that has totally changed it. And then I, I just don't know if you can go and put it back again. I think the idea of doing August, February makes sense because guys in August, you know, if you want to enroll or you have to make the decision then, and then it would kind of wrap up that big summer, the 4th of July situation when recruiting, that's probably the biggest, I think, window for recruiting is when it gets the most attention is really that June through July 4th mm-hmm. block. And a few days after that, when decisions are making, after that, it it kind of gets lost in the wash. Where in February we had two months of buildup for it, and that just yep. doesn't happen anymore. Um, and it gets it out of out of the way of the coaching movement, of the transfer movement, all of that. So if they could do that, that would be, I think, the best move. I just don't know if that's even possible anymore. I, I would certainly appreciate it, um, but. As you like to say, look at there, the toothpaste is out of the tube. And by the way, the last time you said that too, I took a closer look at my toothpaste. They changed the tube to make them recyclable now, which I don't really. We know how recycling works. Does like, can you actually use a toothpaste tube again? I remember having a diagram in a textbook at school, but like, is that are we really using this again? I don't know. I'll still recycle though. Which, by the way, I probably need to take that out. You ever get where your house just kind of stinks? Like you just can't. It's just like a. I don't. I don't know what to do about it. I've got an eighteen-month-old kid, Nick. So yes, and two dogs. I I guess. I guess that's just what it is. You just got the kid stink in it. I'll change the air filters, take out the garbage, light a candle. And the thing is, if I can smell it, my wife she's smelling all of the smells right now. She's like a bloodhound, and anything. Got the spidey senses. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Um, but uh, I digress. The other big oh wait, we what the hell's up with the cakes? Who decided we don't need cakes anymore in hotel rooms? Like what what why? I, I, again, I give them the Andy Bernard old college try because there's a lot of dumb stuff that we really don't need to do. Um cakes to photo shoots, do we really need this? I, I I can't remember who made this point, but they're they're almost trying to make these like because they are business decisions and conversations like the top 30 NFL draft visits where you'll host, um, you'll host a draft prospect for like an afternoon in your facility. If you're an NFL team and you mm-hmm. get to talk to them for two hours or whatever, um, they're almost making them like that instead of the, to just the extra, extra fluff around some of these that do we really need? I think they're trying to eliminate the fluff and trying to make the jobs easier like you don't have to worry about like the balloon thing, like the big balloons yeah. we see in the facility. Uh-huh. Like, how much, how much time is Kentucky spending on that? Like creating the props and creating, like, do you really need all of that? You got this big shiny facility. Why do we need balloons? Oh, from the we rafters? need balloons. We need cakes. <laughs> we need confetti. Um, I also wonder too, like if I'm 17 and I see a whole cookie cake in there, I mean, that whole thing, like that, none of that's going home. Like that's all getting eaten right there. So, I, I would be disappointed if I was a recruit. Although I did see, like to your point, like it. 
I think it initially started as a like, hey, these kids are going to be here for a day and a half. They eat a ton. We'll give them some snack, snack on when they aren't with us. It was something really basic. And then you see a video from Texas, and then they're just like, becomes an arms race. Everything's an arms race. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just an arms race. It's like, you know, they're taking pictures with Ferraris. So let's get a Lambo in here and let's take pictures. All right. Getting the, you know, didn't Louisville have something at Bowman Field where they had helicopters yeah, and yeah. private jets? I mean, that that is what are we that's doing here? one of the funnier recruiting things I've ever seen. Was just we're going to Bowman Field to get in to take pictures in sports cars and helicopters, not drive them around or anything. Just take pictures <laughs> in them. And Scott Satterfield was the head coach overseeing all of that, which is just what. what <laughs> Did we ever talk about how wild it was that Cincinnati picked Scott Satterfield over Chip Kelly? What? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. Yeah, Michael Lombardi said that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know how much to stock to put into that, but yeah. Like, how yeah. much did Kelly actually interview for it, or was it just a kick in the tires to see if you're interested sort of deal? But right, man, I, I mean, know Louisville fans are grateful. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how last year would have played out without if Scott Satterfield was still there and Jeff Brown was at Purdue. Have you seen Have you seen Louisville's schedule next year? I have. They go to Palo Alto for a conference game in November. Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah, I'm starting my schedule run through right now. It's It's actually much. They play less Power Five games, Nick, but I think it's much more trickier for them. They have to go to Notre Dame. They have to go to Kentucky. They have a weird stretch at Boston College, at Clemson, at Stanford. They go a month without playing a home game, and then they make one-week pit stop before going to Kentucky. So four of the last five on the road against power conference teams, that's not an easy stretch. I just I can't imagine the just the logistics of getting your ass all the way out to Palo Alto for a November game. I mean – Conference realignment. It's going to be weird. It's going to take me a while to get my eyeballs adjusted. You know, yeah, so we're going to get it's going to be a while first to get our bearings right. Yeah, and then the stretch of offenses they play at the beginning. Rich Rod and the challenges playing he his offense brings. Georgia Tech had a good offense. They return everybody. Notre Dame's got Riley Leonard, and then SMU's running that a version of the Art Briles offense. So that's a you know a unique unique kind of stretch there for me. I just think the schedule is you know much tougher. Uh, for them, and then they got the one big home game against Miami. It's kind of the game of the year for them, um, but it's kind of looks like six road games. So, six road games against power conference teams. It's not. I think their schedule is on paper. It's much tougher than last year, even though they're playing less power conference well, teams because that Jacksonville State team was probably better than that Indiana team last year. Can't get much easier than it was last year, though. Like it. Um, speaking of schedules. I'm getting sick and tired of Ross Dellinger reports. Can we get Ross Dellinger to just chill the hell out for a minute? Because it was like two weeks of like the playoffs almost done. Actually, yeah. we got a TV deal. No, wait, we don't have a TV deal. Okay, the playoff is done. Oh, actually, now we're going to talk about more playoff teams. Nobody's asking for more than 12. We got to 12. We want to see 12. Once we see 12, then let's talk about it. These damn, what, what are they, who, who we got running the ship here? Just chill out, to, guys. You have to use your galaxy brain here. I wrote about this on Friday. 
KSR Plus this week in college football. How, do, how are you going to get that? If you're Greg Sankey, how do I get that my members to want to play nine games in conference? Because that's what needs to happen. How do I get this to happen? I, uh, I find more access to the college football playoff. But, uh, okay, I, I, I'm you're right, and I don't want to cut you off, but you're going to have it. You're going to have the best teams. Who cares? Just make them automatic bids, 12 of them. Like, I, that's four teams. Yeah. And then also I think you have to remember – um, there's going to – Florida State's going to get out of the ACC eventually. And they're going to go to the Big Ten or SEC. And then Clemson's probably going to follow them. And then North Carolina will be after that. And then probably Virginia will land somewhere. So the ACC will dissolve. And so what is it – what is the format change like? Um, I think when you kind of think – ESPN just signed a six-year extension, Nick, with the playoff. For one point three billion dollars, um, I believe that's yearly payout. Um, well, that that, that doesn't that doesn't a, start a that, until twenty twenty six. Well, and that was the deal that wasn't actually a deal. We think it's going to be a deal, but it's not a done deal. Yeah, they still got to like dot some eyes, cross some t's. But I think it would, they got less money than they thought they were going to get for the for the opening games. Right. Right. So I think if you're reading in between the lines on this, um, the suits in Dallas are seeing this, and they're got we got to amp up these opening games. So if you go to a 14 team format, you know you got your number one over it. One, it makes the regular season really important because you, if you're the number one overall seed, you get a buy. If you if you're in 14s, so if you were Michigan last year, it makes that really important um, to get the number one because it's the NFL. You get the number mm-hmm. one seed gets to buy, and then two plays 14, and three all down the line, and you have this huge monstrosity of a first round of the playoffs. Bracket, yeah. And so I think – and it gets more brands in that first round because I think when you start looking at um, some of these projected matchups, like last year I get why maybe ESPN isn't super gung-ho about this. Florida State hosts Liberty. Georgia would host Ole Miss rematch. Ohio State would host Penn State rematch. Missouri would go to Oregon, which on a national scope is not doing much for people. That's the first round of the playoff. They'll, those games aren't they, people are going to watch those games, but they're not bringing in the big ratings. Um, I even did it going back to 2018, Nick. If Kentucky would have made it or would have been close to made it, you would have had UCF at Washington, Michigan or, or Washington at UCF, Florida at Michigan, LSU at Ohio State, Penn State at Georgia State. That's be- that is better, but I don't think every year something like that is going to be locked in. And so I think for them, they're trying to find a way to sexy up this first round, and I think that's part of it. And then I think they know another change is coming, and then it's going to change the bid process. I think they're throwing a bone. Um, to the group of five and to some of these other conferences, but they're eventually, in my opinion, going to get to where it's just an at-large situation. And then it's the big question is what they do with conference championship games. Um, do they need them? And what happens to the bowls? I, I'm, I'm of I'm the totally... opinion that the bowl games need to – like I'm getting I'm getting there where we just don't need them anymore. Like what's the point if we're going to have a 16-team playoff? Uh, yeah. Well, and it would be more like the old bowl system because that was about – how many teams are playing in bowls, you know, 30 years ago. Um, it would, I, I'm, I love bowl season. I don't want it to go away. 
but I am very pro get rid of conference championship games because how yeah. many competitive conference championship games have we even seen in the last eight, nine years? The SEC is usually good, but outside of that, um, it's been five years since the Big Ten was worth it. The like, they're just and it, 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 it doesn't do it for me. Even during Saban's run, there was years where they were just just hammering Missouri's uh, Jim McElwain, Florida. Yeah, um, they they even had a run of blowouts. The Big Ten, the West, never won the game, yeah. and they were mm-hmm. usually um, blowouts. And there was one upset. I think Michigan State beat a really good Wisconsin team one year out of the East being West. But for the most part, the East was just a was just a huge favorite there. So I, I yeah, I get it. I mean, do we really need them? Especially, uh, especially you can just use that day to just have playoff games if you wanted. Yeah, that's a. Or take the week off and then do Army Navy and then play, have playoffs kind of surrounding, surrounding that. But I just even like you look at the group of five, Nick, and like when the first plan was to give these teams a bid, like Cincinnati, Houston, um, SMU, uh, UCF, they were all they're a part the, of that. Yeah, they're not in. So the group you just of five took anymore. you just essentially took the five best, and now they're in a power conference or what we call a power conference. Uh, so yeah, I think there's still going to be some moving and shaking here, but I, I think that's why they're doing it. I think they're trying to get more money, and I think if they come if they come back with a 14, 16 team model, they can maybe boost up the deal because I think that's the big issue right now. And then I think they're not. I think Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti probably aren't super happy with five plus seven, but it was kind of agreed to, and there's not much they can do about it. Uh, but if if these conferences blow up again, which mm-hmm. my prediction will be that that happens to the ACC, then I I could definitely see see that occurring where maybe you do three autos with if you have three conferences left and then do eleven at large or thirteen at large. Uh, no matter how many playoff games we've got, I'm going to be using FanDuel to wager on them because FanDuel is America's number one sports book and official sports gambling partner with the National Football League. FanDuel, your best place to make prop bets, parlays. I'm a I'm a big college basketball prop bet. What loving the Reed Steels props we've been getting as of late. Yeah. We still don't have a line right now for Kentucky versus Alabama. But no matter what you're playing, I, I even got in on a little U, uh, UFC action on Saturday night like after the Auburn game. So having some celebratory cold ones. Uh, stayed I had up a nice that. It, after taking a basketball weekend. I had a nice college basketball uh, weekend. Hit a big parlay. Um, shout out Steve Alford, Fight Nevada's, um, not Fight Nevada Wolfpack, hitting the, that money line. And then uh, Nick, I, I think you were with me jumping on uh, Kentucky. Uh, oh, sizable. Yeah. Whenever they're a money line dog over two to one, like I, yeah. they feel like an auto play. You just got to play them. Um, any guinea like top brand that's not just terrible. If you get them as a against a team that they've consistently dominated over years, you almost have to put a sprinkle on it. And then that was a nice little payoff last weekend. What love that money line. Actually, just mad that I didn't invest more against the spread as well. Um, but it was a nice winning weekend with FanDuel, where if you sign up and use promo code Personnel, you're going to get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any five dollar winning bet. 150 bucks guaranteed. Just head over to fanduel.com slash personnel when you sign up today. 
Must be 21 plus present in Kentucky. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're also getting into horse racing season. Look at Rebel That's Stakes right. tomorrow. Brad Cox is top two-year-old Timberlake is racing. We'll see if he's worth a damn. He lost, he came in fourth in the juvenile. It's his first race as a three-year-old. So I'll be I'll be keeping a close eye on that one, which I believe is down at uh, Oakland Park. Um, w- a little more news from the college football world. A lot of EA Sports talk the last 24 hours like it. A lot of EA Sports talk. And the people are fired up about it. I, I am mildly fired up over it just mildly i think the uh it's one of those things where our kids are too young right now but like a year or two from now i think it's going to be like hey honey i think we need to get a ps5 for christmas so dad can i have thought uh, about that myself and i am i am mentally preparing myself for 2030 when (laughs) me and baker are probably up till one in the morning playing uh um, yeah, college mode, Madden, yeah. Madden, or uh, uh, getting hooked well, on a go- golf game. My my oldest is going to be four in uh, six weeks or so, and he's on. He's playing Mario Kart right now. Like he's on the kind of low level basic N sixty four. So I don't think we're quite ready for PS five, but we're going to get there. Um, I I really missed out on online gaming like that. That was it was around when we were in college, but it wasn't great. I would do a little bit of Call of Duty. Yeah. But yeah. But doing like an online dynasty with your friends, that's gotta be a blast. So I just the, the big news from the week though is just who's gonna be on it. And I like that they've got Herbie with Fowler. Um, I don't understand how like shout out to David Pollock's agent for getting him on that game. Yeah, how does that how does that work? work? Like he's gonna be on the game day panel. How he's not employed by ESPN. I guess they just well, kinda They'll probably brand it as their own like EA Sports uh, pregame show, but just not. Yeah, that makes ESPN. sense. Um, because yeah, it's like him, Kevin Connors, and who's the other one? Jesse Palmer. Which, damn it, can we just get Jesse Palmer? Desmond off my Howard's screen? on there too. Howard's on there. Okay, uh, but ne- nevertheless, those guys are going to be on it. Uh, the nil contracts are out. A lot of like, is six hundred dollars enough? And it's like, man. That's like an extra stipend check, maybe maybe a little less than their stipend check. But like, I, I think all of those guys are going to take it just to be in the game. I mean, there's there's 133 teams. 34 next year. 34. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like that. Dude, pull your calculator out and see how much money that is. Um, you figure so that's not that's, a, like they're paying out a lot. It's six million dollars just on basic math, but they're also playing some. Like the stars, Riley Leonard was one today. Jalen Milrow. The stars are getting more to promote it. Um, so yeah, 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 I bet it's closer to like seven, eight million dollar investment um, when it's all said and done. But you know what? It'll be worth it because they're going to make a buttload of money on this game. Yeah, I, I'll be interested to see. Like, I mean, the just reaction online. Now I'm in a diff. Like, I've definitely built a. A, like a college football centric universe in my social media channels, but uh, it seems like the game is just going to be like this crazy amount of. Yeah, they're going to sell so many copies. I can, I can only imagine. I, I wonder where it's, where they think it's going to register in their all time sales. I mean, you'd have to imagine it's going to be near the top for EA Sports. 
just because it hasn't been here for a while. There, there's just a hunger and thirst for it. How much does a new video game cost? I would say around $50, uh, $60. Someone in the chat I, could let us I, know. Yeah, I didn't know if it was like, if we were up to like 75 now. I remember the good new PS... Like, I remember $40 being a price point about like Xbox 360 days. 60 plus. PS3. I think that sounds right. Jacob Roberts says. Okay. 60 I think plus, you're looking so- at like $69.99, $65.99, something around there. Somewhere around there. That makes sense. Because the big thing is they, they make more money off of the in-game purchases. Um, you know, uh, what do they call it? Freemium games where you, you you pay to get a legend or whatever, something like that. I'm sure they'll do it. Um, the uh, I know FIFA does that where you play you pay for player cards and you can unlock athlete. You know, it's, it's a whole ordeal. But uh, yeah, I, I probably won't be on this one. But the hope, and here's some on-air producing peak. Uh, Peak, we we got to get some of the cats streaming on the YouTube channel playing games. So I don't, I'm sure we can find make that happen uh, at some point this summer when the game comes out. And what I have a feeling will be mid July. Yeah, they usually. I remember this. It would usually release like a week or a week and a half before high school football practice started. So high school football practice would start on like July 18th, and I remember the game coming out like the week before that happened. And then that whole week we were just like going to friend's house and playing, you know, playing the game like yeah, for yeah. and staying the night over there a couple nights a week, um, just playing, just playing it. And I and then I remember after practice going going and playing it. And so those days are back. Like I wonder, like Brock Vandegrift, does he have any memory of playing this game? Because no. the last chapter was twenty third. The last chapter was ten years ago, so he would have been ten. Okay. Well, so the other thing too is. That game still had a lot of life in it after the fact, even though they didn't release a new one. So I, I bet a significant majority played it, or at least their older brothers or some their older cousins would have it or romanticize about it because that's nostalgia. That, that, yeah, that, yes, that's a big. It part. wraps us in such a warm blanket. So well, I, I think, I, yeah, I think for a lot of people, it takes you back to when you really kind of fell in love with the sport. Right, because yeah. a lot of people would like most people. I think not not most, but a lot of people like it dates back to their college years. And I just remember at UK, I would walk like I know we spent a lot of time playing that game. I remember walking in the dorm rooms at two a.m. on a Tuesday, and there were guys in the lobby at Hagen Hall playing with Pat White. Uh, yeah, on game day or on the game, and I can vividly just remember remember that. Uh, and I think that's a lot Ooh. of people. I think the game like takes them back. It, take, it takes you back to a certain point in your life. When you, like I talked about, it takes me back to high school football. I just remember that distinctly. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that 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 game is part of it, and it's part of, the I think, the college football culture we all grew up with. Well, and for me, like my first game was NCAA something 98, and I was seven years old and didn't know the buttons very well, but I would just – I knew Kentucky, I would have Tim Couch, and I would just throw it deep to Craig East every play. Like, it was – but as I got older, that's how I got to know other teams. That's how you get exposed to, like, the sport outside of your one – your very narrow focus. Um, 
But obviously, you couldn't play with USC. And USC wasn't even very fun to play with because Reggie Bush, you just uh, hit the spin button the whole time. Well, we've all rage quit against playing uh, versus someone with Vince Young. Uh, everyone my yeah, age yeah, yeah. has rage quit NCAA football oh. because uh, your friend picked well, Texas you, and had Vince Young. Well, you couldn't. That was a team you couldn't play with. You also couldn't play with Ohio State and Troy Smith. He was just too fast, too good that year. They had the impact players to get the mm-hmm. little old pulse underneath him. Ah. Good stuff. Well, the best was you could uh, – because they had design playbooks, right, and you could switch mm-hmm. up the pl- – pl- like you would get West Virginia's playbook because they were running spread yeah. options. So if you had a um, a running quarterback that was maybe in a pro-style offense, you could just unleash them. Um, so that that was fun. And then the Tebow – I remember Tebow in the game, and that was a big deal with him. People love playing with Tebow. Um, oh, yeah. I, one thing I hope they do, Nick, I hope they – one, the cover I would love to see is all the guys that would have been on the cover. If they put them on there. Like Johnny Football, um, yeah. Joe Burrow. Um, I guess you can include Jaden Daniels for this year. In Derek just, guys, Derek Henry, guy, Christian McCaffrey, guys that would have been on the cover, uh, putting them on the cover. And then I hope they, down the line, release, get a, like a side thing where you can play with the old, like you can play with Johnny Football, right? You can play with yeah, that LSU, yeah. that Burrow and Jefferson and Chase. Uh, you can play yeah. with teams like ba- you can play with Baker Mayfield's Oklahoma um, team. Play with Patrick Mahomes in Texas Tech. It's kind of like what uh, that. the NBA games do, right? Yeah, uh, I know the NBA right. NBA Two uh, K has done that where they brought that back old teams. I hope they do that down the road because that I think that's what everyone would want to do. It's like you know, be able to play, actually play with. Johnny football being able to play with that yeah. LSU offense. Uh, the the one the biggest thing that they can't beef up though is in dynasty mode, nil and recruiting and the portal. You can have a lot of fun options there. They they got to get that right in order for this to be a success. Like though that and gameplay are just the two most important things because the others, like you said, they'll get to down the road, which. Look, at, we're we're still a little ways down the road from Kentucky football spring practice. School hasn't announced anything, but we did have a recruit's parent share the schedule that they've been giving out to recruits. Um, where for the first time, I think ever, Mark Stoops isn't burning some early practices before spring break. They're waiting till after spring break. So that's March twenty third, I think, is their first practice, and we'll get a spring game the Saturday of Masters week. So the week after the Final Four, I believe that's April 13th. But, hey, spring game. Wasn't sure if that was going to happen or not, but walk it in. Yeah, I, th- I wish they would just share this, right? right? Just say it. Yeah, yeah, I wish they would just go on record. I, I get that there was a coordinator change that they probably had to figure out, but, you know, I wish they would just say, hey, we're having a spring game. It's going to be on this weekend. See you there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, be not, it's be, uh, be good to know. We're like six weeks from the announced spring game, and they haven't said um, they're having a spring game. So, I would, I, I would like for them to put that up, uh, especially since they're already giving out that information. It seems like. Uh, yeah, yeah. To like it's in the calendar, the right? Exactly. Yeah. So, would be would be good to know. I'm assuming we'll get something next week. Maybe they're just trying to stagger news out to where. You know, yeah, they, I they've just, had I, enough. I, yeah, I wish I would. I would. I would. I wish they would. It seems like they're not really promoting the program in some ways. 
And I think this is just one of them. It's not a huge deal, but it's like, hey, like, this is a big event. You know, you haven't really had one with good weather in a half yeah. decade. You know, people like going to the spring games. I believe Kentucky plays Tennessee at home in baseball that day. So that isn't Keeneland going on? Like, it could be a huge, yeah. huge weekend. Like, let, let's get it out there and let people plan it. But, you know, they decided not to. So, I, Ooh. you know, and I, I get there's, there, there's like, was a situation there but like let's get let's promote we let's can move on let's get some on. excitement right right yeah yeah the season's over like we're ready to everyone's ready to move on everyone's ready to go see um brock vandegrift everyone's ready to get to know bush Hamden, offense coordinator everyone's ready to to tell everyone they know that Deion walker is the best defensive player in college football uh like people are ready to move on and like get this thing started so let's let's do it let's turn the page I'm about ready to turn the page and get this weekend started. Appreciate you all joining us on a Friday because basketball schedule makes things weird. I didn't. We had so much news happen between Tuesday and today. This felt right. We've got NFL Combine next week where works out perfectly. So we'll be talking to you around send, this send, same time next Friday. Send draft questions to us, and we'll try to we'll answer some of those. And so it's be a good time to get some draft questions because there'll be some stuff to talk about. But I'm you never you know how these interviews go, Nick. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes you get very little. Well, and sometimes it's a great people watching event, and then other times it feels like the the big media members are hiding from us. You know, we're just we're at the bottom end of the totem pole. The big wigs they're they're rubbing elbows elsewhere, so they better not. It gets, hide from it, us, it gets we'll like it gets like SEC media days that way too, right? Yeah, um, we we don't see any of the ESPN guys, but then we turn on TV and it's like, oh, he's there, they're there, they're there. Where are where are they? And, and so well, they, until you we, know, until we, we hit the bars later, and then we see them all. Yeah, until <laughs> well, this year, yes, this and I, the combine is like that in a way too. Um, you'll just walk into a restaurant and be like, oh, there's like we saw Arthur Smith at Kilroy's last year. Oh, there's Atlanta Falcons head coach. Oh, I will here. say uh, that, that we did do a good job last year at media days where I think we're, we're starting to crack that door where I think they're going to let us into the, the, uh, uh, water network club of, uh, you know, I, I think we're getting there with media days NFL, a little bit more challenging, um, but we'll do our best. And I did see I, somebody was asking where we're going to eat lunch. We're, there's a, a 95% chance we'll be at Kilroy's Thursday night eating some cheese sticks. So if you want to come hang, talk a little ball. That is ball. a that is a very safe estimation by you. <laughs> There's a uh I don't know what it is, but dude, those how is is there no other place that makes stuffed cheese sticks anywhere? They're so damn good. Somebody else get on it. But when I'm in Indy, I gotta go to that Kilroy's and eat those stuffed cheese sticks. Yeah, and Kilroy's is unique because you got to be 21 to get in there. So it's not – it's. I feel like every time I go into Kilroy's, like it's just – I feel like it's a bar that never stops, right? Like I'm like a Miami nightclub kind of thing. So uh, that's part of it. And, yeah, they did the stuffed cheese sticks or – I mean, you, you have your shrimp cocktail over there at Elmo's. Uh, I go to Indy yeah. for the stuffed cheese sticks. Gosh, I cannot wait. It's going to be a blast. We're going to be having a good time next weekend, Indy. We're going to have a good time this weekend, too. Hopefully the Cats get it done against Crimson Tide at Rupp. Um, but for now, it's time for us to take a break. We'll see you next week on the KSR YouTube channel. For Adam Black and I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go
Go Kroger. 